you're traveling with your a little party family, right? Uh, well, one of them, uh, well, two of them. My wife, obviously, yeah. <laughs> she she qualifies <laughs> via the surname. Right. No, um, yeah, we have our youngest River, so he's one and a half. River. Last time I was here, yeah. we didn't have him. Yeah, right. You know, we have friends that have a, a child named River. It's a great name. It is. Yeah. So his full name is River James, which is my middle name. Okay. Uh, Monaghan, which is the county we're from in Ireland. Ah. Mulligan. So River James Monaghan Mulligan. And so wow. we were coming in this morning and he was singing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star with no words, you know. <laughs> and my wife turns around and she said, where did he learn this song? I said, I don't know. So she said, I think we've given him the right name. The reason we gave him a name that wasn't biblical, he's the only child that doesn't have a biblical name, is because we, we have this feeling that he might actually be a musician. And we wanted to give him a really cool name. Yes, it is. So he can be River James. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> I love it. Well, River and James are both in the Bible. So. They are in the Bible. But the other ones we got like Caleb and Emmanuel and Elijah. Oh, yeah. um, so I think people started to think we were Jewish. So we started switching that up. <laughs> so the kids speak with a... You live in Tennessee now. Uh, so what kind of... How do they speak? What kind of accent do they have? Ah, uh, yeah. They sound terrible. They sound, <laughs> like southern, southern Irish. No, nothing uh. like Irish. They sound like little ninja turtles. <laughs> no. I, I love them, is, but I can't stand their accents. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I was wondering if they picked it up from you. Heidi, where's she from? Scotland. Oh, wow. Uh, so yeah. it's it's strange. You come home and it's like there's these little Americans sitting in your living room. <laughs> you're like, someone forgot Who's their kids. Who are they? <laughs> wow. Now, the last time you were here, Heidi would... She was almost like not wanting to come in the studio, afraid that we would put her on the microphone. Yeah, yeah. And I, since then, I've seen her actually. Is she singing? She she does. So this is the thing. Me and Heidi used to sing all the time together. Um, but we haven't done it really this year at all. I think since we've had our fourth child, just being on the road is really difficult for a family. Mm-hmm. And it's something we're walking through because a part of that is me. I realize that as a, I can't be a dad and I can't be a husband and I can't be the leader of a, a ministry and the leader of a band all at the same time. And so that's hard for us because we're having to kind of, we're having to kind of separate those two things. So nights like last night and tonight where it's just me and Heidi singing together, they're really special for me. Um, and I hope for her too. Um, because it's like what we used to do when it was just the two of us, when there was no, I don't know, no expectation or no success. Mm-hmm. It was just the two of us singing songs and laughing about Jesus. And so tonight, you know, when we do the event for the bridge, it's just re- like honestly, I'll get a lot more out of it than you all will because I get to sing with my with my missus, you know, oh. and, and uh, she's the one that led me to Jesus. So I love that. It's pretty cool. I'd like to hear mm-hmm. that story. How she how she lead you to the Lord? Oh, it was. I uh, it's strange how the Lord works. You know, we've been going out dating. Courting. What do you call it, Bill? I don't know. Dating. Uh, dating. Yeah. Okay, courting. Nobody understands yeah. what that is. Courting. Yeah. Courting is, uh, yeah, maybe 50 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, well. But I think some people still use that, yeah. Yeah, it sounds much more romantic than what it we does, were actually yeah. doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't exactly Mr. Chivalry. Oh. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, long story short, um, when I was in America about uh, 12 years ago, mm-hmm. playing in heavy rock bands, she stayed back in Ireland and, you know, she fell madly in love with Jesus, like mm-hmm. to the point where he healed her of anorexia and depression and all kinds of um, just heart problems, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I came home 
I remember I'd quit this band I was in and had nothing going for me. And I asked her to marry me. Uh, for some reason, I didn't, I didn't know how to love anyone. But she had been with Jesus and she said yes. Here's the cool thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. This story is kind of... It's hard to tell without being offensive, so I'm, I'm going to tailor it towards radio. Um, so the the church that that she had found Jesus in, these people who had led her to Christ, whenever they realized that I had asked her to marry me and she had said yes, those people said to her, you can't stay with him. If you stay with him, we're going to stop fellowshipping with you because he's a sinner. But my wife had been hanging out with Jesus and she realized that the only people Jesus hung out with mm. were sinners. Mm. And so she went to them and she said, I choose, I choose Darren. She said, I believe that someday God will save him and that he will write Christian songs. And I remember her telling me this in the car one day, someday God's going to save you and you're going to write Christian songs. Um, and we were listening to Chris Tomlin at the time on the radio. I said, well, if it's anything like this, you're never going to hear me writing Christian songs. <laughs> Told Chris this story. Yeah, I, I don't think I have. I was chatting to him the other day. I think I need to tell him that one. But uh, actually, I may have done. But it's amazing. A few weeks before we got married, uh, we were in a little church in Ireland, and I just felt this sense of um, that God was real, that Jesus was real, that what He did for me was real. And so I came to Him out of fear. But it was a year later when God told me this. Um, I don't know. Just tell my wife everything I'd ever done. And I did, told her about adultery and about um, very shameful things. And I waited for her to reject me, but she didn't. She just put her arms around me, kissed me, told me she forgave me and loved me. And in that moment, I fell in love with Jesus. And so a few years later, I started writing songs. It's amazing how you listen to a form of music before Jesus and you just your body just rejects it, your mind just rejects it. And then you listen to it once Holy Spirit fills and you're like, oh, this is the truth. And so like, I'm like Chris Tomlin's biggest fan in the whole world. <laughs> I met him a few months back at a, an after awards thing we were doing. And I, like, I don't get goofy around people, but I'm, hello, Mr. Chris Tomlin. Yeah. Love it. Oh, that's so that's the long and short version that's of it all at once. Great story. Do you think, just kind of hearing what you were saying about being a dad, being a husband, and hmm. then the, the, the band stuff, do you think God's going to direct you? In the, in the direction to a, more of a family thing? Um, I don't think so. Uh, that's the truth. And that's where the hard conversations have been happening with me and my wife. And you know us, we don't, we don't like to sugarcoat things. I think my wife would feel more inclined to do that, and I would feel less inclined to do that. Mm-hmm. I, feel like, I feel like We Are Messengers is a very, a very specific mm-hmm. um, thing in, in the calling of God on, on our lives. And, but uh, what God has afforded us at the moment, Bill, this is, this is where our discussions are going, um, is that he has afforded us time and opportunity. For the first time in my life, we have time. So next year, I will have 200 free days in the year. Wow. Mm. So my, my challenge to my wife and me is instead of us trying to fit our family into we are messengers mm. on the road and to take our children out of school and make more and more change in kids that have already crossed the world, I'm like, what do we do with those 200 days? Mm. You know, because I think sometimes we are messengers is the low-hanging fruit. Yeah. It's like, well, there's something that's working, that's impacting the kingdom, that's seeing lives change. Why don't we all just take our family and, and dump it into that? And I'm like, well, why don't we do something else? Because... Like, you know, your lives are not just, you're not just the radio people. You know, you have so much that goes on beyond that. Mm. And if we say that ministry 
starts and ends with we are messengers, then I think it's a very dangerous place to be in. So I think I think we're really going to challenge ourselves to find out what is it that God has for us in the 200 other days. Because so, as privileged to be in that position. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah, so, so you guys got together and just said, hey, we're only going to play 150 days or whatever. Yo, listen, <clears throat> last time I was here, we were doing 200 shows a year, maybe more. And it got to the point where me and Heidi's marriage was really suffering. Um, and so last year we cut that back to like 110, 120. Uh-huh. And next year we're cutting that back to 90. Wow. Um, and again, I realize how privileged that is. You know, not a lot of artists get to do that. And the only reason we get to do that is obviously because of folks like you. You know, because if you stop playing our music, I don't get to do that. And I don't get the opportunity to, to serve God in this way and also lead my family well. And so I don't take that for granted. But I, I have to learn to choose my family before I choose me. Because um, she has, Heidi has sacrificed her life so that I can do this. And I have abused that grace way too often. Are you guys playing that song, um, We the Kingdom, Holy Water? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love that. I was talking to Ed Cash about it. Um, in the middle, you know, I don't want to abuse your grace. Yeah. Yes. It's the only thing. It's the only thing. It makes me want to change. Come on. Mm-hmm. That's the song, by the way. That song, that's a beast of a song. Yes, yes. it is. I listened to that the other day and I'm like, it's not often that I hear songs, I'm like, I wish I wrote that song. Mm-hmm. I wish I wrote that song. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to abuse his grace. Mm-hmm. I've done that for too long. Mm-hmm. Do you know, what should we do, brother? Should we sin all the more so that grace shall abound all the more? No, we don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to learn to be tender with the grace of God, yes. to respect it. And we need to learn to be tender with the grace of our wives. And the mercy of our wives and of our husbands, you know. You need to grow ourselves up a wee bit and stop acting like babies, you know. That's harsh. Darren, Darren <laughs> that's, that's good. <laughs> Darren Mulligan is our guest this morning from We Are Messengers. And uh, I want to do something, uh, call it 2020, uh, Darren. This, I'm going to ask you 20 questions. Let's go. Uh, pretty quick. You have a maximum of 20 seconds to answer them. Okay. Denise will be the timekeeper. I, I will give... I will give you grace. <laughs> no, don't give me any. Up. I'll talk for days. You know me. 20 well, seconds. Them, we can revisit if uh, so. I'm going to fire through these. You ready? One thing you like about Ireland more than America? Sausages. One thing you like more about America than Ireland? Uh, freedom. Oh. <laughs> One name considered for your band before you selected the name We Are Messengers? Darren Mulligan. That one sucked. <laughs> <laughs> What's your Enneagram number? Do you know? Uh, I think I'm an eight, the uh, challenger. I would have absolutely oh. picked that. I, when I wrote that question, I thought he's an eight. You're not that far off at yourself. Though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a peacemaker. I'm yeah, not. I know, I know. All right. Uh, favorite American food? Uh, Chipotle. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't qualify, does it? Uh, yeah, sure. Brand. Yeah, yeah, it works. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what would you be doing if you weren't doing music? Huh. I would be honestly back working on a chicken farm with my brothers and my dad. Really? Chicken farm? Yeah, yeah that's what I did most of my life for 15 years. Yeah. I, I caught chickens. Uh, you yeah. know, the, where you are now produces, this county you're in now produces more chickens than any county in the world. Bro, I know what we drove through last night and I saw the houses. And when I pulled up this morning to the studio, you I said to it. Heidi, there's that smell again. I did. Wow. I did the car this morning. I did wow. too. Yeah. That's funny. You recognize that. All right. Uh, where were we? One thing you love about what you get to do for a living. Wow, I love that we get to see people's really dim, dull eyes just turn bright in front of us. And you get to see people who are spiritually, physically, emotionally done just wake up and just realize that there's more than this. It's beautiful. 
to see people change right in front of you. And we don't deserve to see it, but we see it every day. It's cool. I think I know the answer to this one thing you don't love about what you get to do for a living. <laughs> I don't, well, I don't love leaving that little man outside. Yeah. He's got my heart at the moment, you know. Good book you've read in the past year. Oh, the Bible, a very good book, yeah. You might have heard of it. It's uh, <laughs> No, a good book. i got to go back. <laughs> That's too cheap. Uh, I, oh, what's that one, the Francis Chan one? Oh, love something. I'll come back to that. Oh, Crazy Love? Crazy oh, Love. Yeah, Crazy Love. Dope book. Yeah. yeah. Other than here, favorite place you've been to in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so I threw you a little I'm not going to lie. First thing we said to the crowd when we came out last night on stage, I said, I have no idea where we are. <laughs> like, zero. I'm sure that never happens. Yeah. It happens all the time. It's pretty rural. Uh, my favorite place in America is Boston or oh. um, Seattle. Ooh. And my favorite place in the world is either Israel or the Arctic Circle in Sweden. Oh, yeah. Wow. Have you, this is not on the list. Have you ever seen the, what do they call the light, Northern Lights? Have you ever seen that? Mm. Seen them. They, me and Heidi years ago, we, we took like um, snowmobiles and went up into the woods oh. in the Arctic Circle and they're just overhead. It's incredible. Oh, yeah. You talk about somewhere that feels like you're close to heaven. It, yeah. was, it was amazing. Uh, one thing on your bucket list. Uh, to get breakfast this morning in Lewis. <laughs> what's the name of that breakfast shop on the way in? Is it Honey's or what's it called? Well, I don't know. There's a breakfast spot the lady told us downstairs. Oh, yeah. uh, I don't know. Uh, in Georgetown? Would that be? No. Lewis, and Lewis. 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 We're going to Lewis today. If anyone's yeah. around Lewis and you see a very handsome five foot seven Irish man, you know it's me. <laughs> uh, most influential person in your life? My wife, Heidi, and my mother. Uh, two really selfless human beings who have given their lives away so that mm. a donkey like me could actually have mine, you know. Mm. They, they represent Jesus to me uh, in ways that learned, wise theologians never could, you know, just through their humanity. Yeah. Mm. What are you most passionate about? I'm most passionate about seeing people come to Jesus. I'm most passionate about loving on the outsider. I, I love the outsider. I love the the ones that society thinks have no value. They're my people because they're Jesus' people. He looks at the broken and the marginalized and the weak and the sick and he says, come on with me, you're my people because you know you need a doctor. So yeah, that's what I'm most passionate about. Do you have a nickname? <laughs> they used to call me Danger Mouse at school because uh, my initials are DM. Danger Mouse. <laughs> Danger Mouse. <laughs> Danger Mouse. <laughs> Mouse or mouth? Mouse. <laughs> Danger mouth could be yours for me. <laughs> What's radio's greatest sure fear? The Darren might cost life on air. <laughs> Danger mouth. Uh, uh, I keep losing my place here. Uh, most embarrassing moment on stage? <clears throat> uh, man, I have fallen off stage more times than <laughs> I, I, really? I... Yeah, absolutely uh, more times than I could count. How do you recover from that? <laughs> I, I meant I, to do that. Well, sometimes I... <laughs> We're really good at the awkward ones because I enjoy the awkward moments. I really think it's the awkward spaces in between what I've planned. That's where Jesus hangs out. So I know that when something goes drastically wrong, that Jesus is about to open up a can and we're ready to go. Yeah. You know? Nice. <laughs> I love it. How long can you go without checking your phone? I, I'm doing better at it. Uh, honestly, if I'm telling you the truth, probably not more than like five, ten minutes. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, if you could sit down with 13-year-old Darren, what would you say? I'd say take it easy on yourself. You know, you're way too hard on yourself. You're not a disappointment. Um, 
Believe your mother. Believe what she says about you. You'll become that someday. And uh, just go easy. If you were to write a book about your life, what would the title of the book be? <laughs> um, moderately disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen to your 13-year-old self. Right. I, know, I know, I know, I know. You have a day off alone, no agenda. What are you going to do? Uh, I go to Starbucks. I drink vast amounts of coffee and eat multiple chocolate croissants. <laughs> I would read through the Gospel of Luke, then play some really stupid video game and watch arm wrestling videos on YouTube. <laughs> arm wrestling videos? Oh, I love it. No. Really? <laughs> There's a new sport where they tie each other to, the, to their arms and you can only win by actually getting the person's arm pinned but with your left and le- uh, arm and left leg yeah. you're allowed to kick and punch the person across the <laughs> table dude i've spent like hours on the bus really? watching this stuff it's terrible really it's so awful i love it <laughs> so much <laughs> i wish that had been video instead know, of just right? audio what a face <laughs> all right danger mouth last one <laughs> danger mouth. That's, it's gonna catch you on i'm gonna get you <laughs> what what's the topic of a song you're currently writing but you don't have finished Oh yeah, um, and that's probably a lot of them. No, there's yeah. there's a lot of them. There's one. Um, it's, it's called it's called just just Jesus, and it will never be in a record, and we'll never record it. But it's just for me. Like in between records, I'm always writing just for me. As this one's just saying, I don't want anything else, nothing else, mm-hmm. just Jesus, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but we we um we have a new record coming out. You don't even know this. No one knows this. Actually, I probably shouldn't have said that. But um, I <laughs> <laughs> uh. uh the end of January. So we just finished it. We produced it ourselves. We wrote everything ourselves. Everything's in-house on it. Power was actually the first single of it. And uh, the next song is called Love. And it's just so dope. Uh, We had finished the record. I was walking home from a a restaurant, walking home back to a hotel, feeling super low, just feeling like, why am I doing this? Um, What what am I up to with my life? And uh, my guitar player, Kyle, sent me four chords came through on my phone and by the time I got back to the hotel room I had just written the whole song I'd just been talking to God I was saying God what's why am I running around in circles why am I chasing everything chasing everything why am I running around chasing Holy Spirit when my house is burning down you know and uh, all God said to me was he said don't hang your head when you get lonely I'll never leave your side kind of what my mom said when I was 13 Mm. he said don't go thinking you're the only one that can't get it right you've got my love and uh, mm-hmm. and it's funny because wow. it's I can't wait for you to hear because it's like the most joyous thing we've ever written. It's got trumpets and horns and people just dancing and shouting on it. Mm-hmm. And I just honestly, and I know I, I got to stop talking. No, you're good. But for the first time in my life uh, as a Christian, I actually feel really alive. I actually feel like I have that joy that God promised me. And the only reason I got it was because I let go of myself. Mm. I'm not looking what other people are doing. I'm not concerned about what anyone else is winning or not winning. I'm only concerned with honoring God, honoring my wife and my kids, doing the best I can. I'm just living my life now. I'm sick of dying. I'm ready to live and I am living and it feels really good. Mm. And so if you're listening this morning, you think, oh, that's that, that experience of joy and life, that's for other people. That's not true. It's for us all. But the only way to it is through surrender and the gate this is what Stephen Furtick talks about. The gate to it is rest. And I've learned how to rest in the Lord and trust him. And so I'm not afraid of losing. I'm not worried about my career. I believe that God is holding it and that if we're honorable, that it will continue to do what it's been doing. And it's a beautiful Amen. thing right now. You know. Amen.
Darren Mulligan, uh, we are messengers on the bridge. Darren, we were thinking earlier this morning about Christmas, this being Christmas time, Christmas traditions, wondering, is there a special Christmas tradition that you grew up observing in (laughs) Ireland? Um, I would usually answer this in a very different way, but I remembered something this week. So I grew up Roman Catholic, and so we would go to midnight mass on Christmas Eve. And I remember my mom and dad and my brothers and my sister, we would always go there. And the most beautiful part of it was it would be all candlelit, but at the end of the night, everyone would sing Silent Night together. And I, I just remember that being a moment where I felt heaven really close, like a really thin place. We have thin places in Ireland where we believe heaven is closer to earth. It's it's superstitious and weird, <laughs> um, but that's who we are. Um, but as someone who didn't know Jesus uh, until I was 27, it's amazing when I look back and I see him trying to break in all these times in my life, knocking on the door and me yeah. just not really understanding it. Yeah. But it felt so holy and so reverent. And I think one of the sad things about... Um, my Christian culture, I'll say mine, because I hate talking about our Christian culture because that sounds like you're blaming people, but is that we make God so common, so cheap sometimes. You know, like the ceilings get lower and the lights get darker. And I remember going to, you know, into churches in Europe when I was young. The ceilings were so high and it was so quiet and reverent and just... It felt like if you looked around the corner, Jesus might do peekaboo on you, you know? <laughs> and now it's kind of so common. It's like, oh, Jesus, he's my friend. He's my mate. Mm-hmm. I'm like, nah, he's, you kind of, but he's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. In him, everything moves and finds its being, you know? Yeah. And like, so I really cherish that memory because it reminds me that God is not just my friend, but that he's alpha and omega, mm-hmm. that he is holy. He is beyond anything I could imagine. Um, yeah, like a reverence, like a reverence. Mm-hmm. Don't lose that in your lives. This revering of the holiness of God, and this is going to sound super Irish, but don't fear man who can kill the body. Fear God who can crush the spirit. You know, but God is not this harsh Father in heaven, right? He's kind and tender and merciful, but He's also the King. He's also Lord. He died on a cross, right? Jesus died on a cross because he loved us very, very much. But that's only half the story. The other half of the story is he wanted his lordship back. We're his people. We're his children. And I think I want to find that place in my life again where I'm deeply in awe of the God he is. Mm -hmm. Because in that place, that's where I can become holy like he is holy and righteous like he is righteous. I can't doing, do it assuming he's something like me. He's nothing like me. He's completely other. But we can become mm-hmm. like the best characteristics of him if we understand who he is. And that only comes by reading the word of God. You know, people are want, wondering, why do I feel so alone? Why am I taking so many medications? Why is my situation hopeless? It's because we actually don't understand who we are. And we run around chasing sermons and podcasts and worship leaders and musicians and we take their faith as our own, which it is not. The only way to develop a personal faith with Jesus Christ is through Holy Spirit. 
but through the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes through the word of God. You want to know how to live again? Open your Bible. You want to know how to kill the sin that is dwelling in your bones? Open your Bible. You want to know what it's like to actually be free? Lie on your face on the floor in awe of the holiness of God, and then you will be free. But stop claiming other people's faith as your own because it isn't. And I got to stop doing that. I got to stop reading Francis Chan books and then thinking, oh, look at that. I'm like Francis Chan. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just a guy reading a book. You know? Yeah. The truth is in the Word of God. He'll never leave us, He'll never forsake us. I was thinking, you're, you're talking about um, the, the power of God, but the friendship of God. I was thinking about, we were on vacation a couple weeks ago, and I was just sitting outside early in the morning thinking about God. And what if, what if God wasn't a God of love? What if he wasn't mm. a God? What if, I mean, because God could be anything. Yeah. But we have a God of grace and love. A God who loves us, a God who made a way for us. Mm. What would this world be like if God wasn't that? You know what it'd be like? It would be like the way the world is when we ignore him. <clears throat> so I love Baltimore, right? I do. I love the city. We play there a lot. But I also drive through their inner city projects. And I see kids on the street half naked, um, sons and daughters of addicts. And this happens in every city, which is Baltimore. This happens in Nashville, where we live, right? That's what it looks like when people serve a God who is not a God of love and mercy. Everything falls apart, and it falls apart because there's an epidemic of hopelessness. Hopelessness is what leads America to have one of the highest rates of suicide among males in the Western world. Hopelessness is why people choose... Um, to let kids in their womb not be born because it's all based around hopelessness and lies but when you serve a God who says that life is incredibly valuable every child, every mother, every father and you realise that there's hope in every situation then you can change if I tell my kids every day of the week you're nobody, you're nobody, you're nobody do you know what they'll become? nobody Nobody. but if I tell them do you know what you're made in the image of God your son, a daughter, and someday you will grow up to be a mighty man of the king. Uh. Or my daughter, you'll grow up to be so tender that people fall in love with Jesus just by seeing you. Then that's what they'll become because they have hope in their bones. So we have a God of mercy and love, but unfortunately most of the world creates God in their own little image and he's a lousy father. But God is not that, you know. I don't want it to end, but uh, we we need to. Dan, Darren, thank you. Darren Mulligan from We Are Messengers. Thank you. Thanks for letting me discuss my ropey theology with you. Yeah. On <laughs> We've loved having you it's, in here. Uh, Wonder, how can we pray for you? Uh, yeah, just the season we're in. Um, this sounds really selfish, I'm just, but I'm just going to be honest. I'm learning to rest in my life. I'm learning to rest in what God's doing. So I need other people praying for us on our behalf. So um, you guys have always supporters this is not for you but would you pray just that the next song that we put out is just such a beast of a success that I, that i'm just able to rest because i want to be able to rest so well that i can feed into my local church in spring hill that me and my wife and kids can actually impact ministries outside of music so just pray for that next season this this new album we've sown so much into it i want it to be so successful um, not in a, in a weird, selfish way, but just so that I can actually enjoy the fruit of what God has done in our lives. Yeah. I don't want to miss out on... I was in Starbucks in the airport yesterday flying out here, 
I know there's a little girl. I'll try to try to be super quick. Little girl with her mother in the line. And so the lady shouts next. And so this little woman and her daughter thought it was them. And so they went up. So they were laughing and joking. It was Christmas, you know. And they went up. And this other lady started shouting at them. I'm next in line. I'm next in line. What you doing? And so they, they came back out of their place. Then the other lady had gone. And the lady on the, on the counter said, who's next? And so the woman and her wee daughter went up again. And another woman, no, I'm next in line. I'm next in line. And I'm standing wow. behind them, like starting to get furious at this. <clears throat> so anyway, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, they went, they ordered their stuff. And I just slipped my credit card in the machine. And I said, I, I got you. And uh, the, the little woman, she was a small wee woman. She looked at me and she said, said um, why did you do that? I said, because I want your daughter to know that there are kind people in the world. Mm-hmm. Because someone was kind to me one time. And uh, it wasn't much, you know, it was like six bucks or something. And I went over to her and she was just in floods of tears. Mm-hmm. I said, why are you so sad? She said, well... I'm going down to uh, Louisiana today to adopt my sister's baby because my sister is really young and she's in a really bad situation and I'm going to adopt this child. And she she was just so devastated that on a day where they should be rejoicing, the meanness of people came out. Mm. So I would just say to people, just as as we close, I mean it. When I say take it easy, take it real easy on each other. You have no idea what people are facing, what they're going through. You can wait five minutes for your coffee. And for the lousy dude who was flashing his lights at me on the highway coming up the road, <laughs> you need to remember that I've got a one and a half year old in my car and I'm going to take it easy. And if you've got a problem with that, I can pull my car over and we can talk about it. <laughs> wow. Thank you, Darren. Oh, wow. Well, you, we, are, we are definitely praying for you and Heidi and your family, your sweet family. We're so glad that you're here with us today. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Love Darren you guys. Ma- Darren Mulligan, uh, we're messengers uh, on the bridge.